0: Congratulations!
1: Hey, no, yeah. Hey, hold on. I we all have jobs here. Your job is to not say anything
0: for this part of the show,
1: okay?
2: Sorry. sorry, sorry. Congratulations. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go
1: ahead, Brett. Fuck! fuck.
0: Greg, Greg, stop, (laughs) stop. stop, Seriously.
1: (laughs) You're ruining everything. Sorry.
0: It's okay. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations. Wait. (laughs) Fucking. You found volume thirteen of the rock of shame podcast the backlog busting deep diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week i am your host the bad boy bryce reed i am joined by the incredible fuck greg Plord. g good pussy <laughs> <laughs> And of course, the porno freak Drew Peak. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I've been I've been doing this use a song title for the nicknames thing every week, and this is uh, the porno fe- the porno freak Drew Peak is the fucking greatest nickname. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Was that intended or on the fly? <laughs> on the blow fly. No.
0: Oh, 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 oh. I'm going to cut that. That's gross. Uh, <laughs>
1: I got bars, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep it just so, we, just so we know. Just so we know that that's how funny Greg is. <laughs> He's becoming a dad,
1: okay? The transition is
2: happening. All right. It's true. <laughs> yeah, facts. Y'all will have to deal with it.
1: If you're new to the show, let me give you the good news. Each week, these three fine men and sometimes guests uh, select a musical artist or group that we've never really listened to, and we spend the whole week immersing ourselves in the art and culture and world of that artist. Only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us and you can join our brand new Discord community at tinyurlcom shame, where we discuss the artists and and many of uh, anything else that's going on during the week. Drew, I'm I'm going to ha- I'm going to be so mad when I'm editing <laughs> that fucking dog out of the show later. Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm going to be man, like why does it why, why, why the fuck does it sound like Drew's jerking off into the <laughs> microphone over here. <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. I mean uh, considering considering who we're covering, it almost fits <laughs> the theme. <laughs>
1: Music is better when you share it, and so is this podcast. Share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tweet us at Rock of Shame. Uh, but you can watch the show live every Tuesday night over at twitch.tv slash thickboydrewski. Spelled the obnoxious way. Two C's, one eye, Two eyes. I don't even know. I got to find a way. One to- eye
0: and three hunky guys. <laughs>
1: (laughs) But most importantly for now, just subscribe on any podcast platform you listen to and listen along with us every week. Uh, We are going to talk in this volume 13 about our cover artist, Blowfly, because we had a fascinating week listening to Blowfly. Uh, But it was also a shockingly massive week for new music uh incredibly huge so much Mm.
0: so much new stuff came out so much so much so (laughs) much of it
1: uh and we need to get to it we're gonna start with drew because i imagine he has the least amount of new stuff
0: yeah yeah i do um i got um Yo, uh, the one thing that I listened to that I was very much excited about was Tyler the Creator's new album. Yes, Tyler the Creator is that Tyler the Creator? (laughs) Okay, you really don't know Tyler the Creator? No, no. You said you said you said Tyler the Creator. That's Tyler the Creator. (laughs) I just my my tongue is tired from. Uh, Just licking so many pussies uh, while listening to Blowfly this week. Because the man just makes you into a pussy machine. Like, you just... You have sex with all kinds of different strangers and partners, so my tongue is exhausted. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, Tyler, the Creator. That album um, that he just dropped. God damn! (laughs) Like, with drama on the fucking tracks. Like,
2: yes. oh, my God, dude. So goddamn good. It's honest, that, honestly right now. It's at like the top of my year end best list right now. That's how yeah. that's how much I loved it.
0: The man's the man's is out here, dude. He's doing he's doing the most right now. Tyler, mm. the
1: creator for fans of.
0: Rap, like altered. Sure. Alternative kind of rap. Like, OK. I don't know. I guess he kind of is in a rap in like the rap category. He's pretty. He's pretty mainstream. Like. Mm-hmm uh i mean
2: he he is kind of in a league of his own really stylistically there's not too many yeah he's definitely doing what alternative
0: he does. but it's not like alternative like horrorcore rap like icp or like fucking some weird stuff like i mean like his first his first two
2: rec his first two records actually were
0: <laughs> sort of but it wasn't like you know like the horrorcore rap that you kind of think of when you think of that you know it's not like yeah that weird shit that, like, brings all the Juggalos in. It's it's more kind of, like, the crowd that Odd Future brings is more kind of, like, snobby skater punk type kids and shit like that, like, mixed with, like, actual, like, rap fans as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this album's fucking incredibly good. Holy shit. Mm. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really, like, who cares about the fucking crowd or the fans or whatever? Like, that album, sure. like, Goes so fucking hard. Like, it, it, like, I'm trying to think of like all the bangers that you've heard in the past with Tyler and like his odd future crew. Like, it's like that energy throughout the album where I'm just like, oh, like if I heard that shit in the car, I would just be like going absolutely ape shit in my car. Like, I'd be driving like a psycho, like just like flicking off old ladies being like, fuck you, bitch, and shit like that, you know, just wilding <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, dude, really good fucking album. He uh his his dude, his He had bars too, like the shit was fucking nuts. Like the yeah, man dude. really just went off in this album. Like it just yeah. completely like with no warning. Like there's no hype around it or anything, and he was just like, Here's another album and everyone started listening to it and everyone was like, Wait, what? Seriously? <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, so much good stuff. A lot of like I love like early odd future and shit like that. Like really early Earl before he went to Africa and stuff and like was it Africa I think it was Africa um he went to like a boarding school somewhere like I remember and he like couldn't wrap yeah I don't
2: I don't remember the entire gist around that so long ago
0: yeah whatever it is like that early era of Odd Future before they were really popular and they had their tv show on Adult Swim and all that stuff like uh yeah it was just like super fucking cool to like get back to like these kind of, like, just raw elements, but with fucking drama producing the entire album. Like, so just every track, you just hear, to Brazil! like, at the beginning, you're like, yeah, here we go. Like, so many good fucking, like, instrumentals to the to the fucking album. Just all around, I love that shit Dude, so much the, as a hip-hop Dude, and the fan.
2: features, the features were done so well. If you can make NBA Youngboy sound that good on a song, like, what the fuck? That was insane and also Lil Wayne's feature is like probably one of the best he's done in years yeah like Jesus goddamn Christ
0: yeah Lil Wayne actually sounded really like all of it sounded really good This whole the whole album is just really good like there's not one out song where I was like that fucking sucked like the whole thing is just really a vibe <laughs> like, like it was just so weird to like just listen to like a good fucking album for it like in 2021 that was like just all good like it's weird that that happened to me i don't know bryce you'll have to check it out man Uh, it's it's really good Mm -hmm.
1: yes i have not yet listened to the album but i have heard nothing but overwhelmingly positive reactions to it so i probably will listen to it and i'll probably like it less than you but i probably will not dislike it for what it's worth. have
0: you you you've never listened to any tyler before
1: I've listened to Tyler the Creator before. Okay. But only in passing and and not more than a couple of songs.
0: That's really all you need. Like I don't know, there's like a lot of mid mid section of his career that I was just like I mean, okay. Like that's all right, I guess, but not amazing. Honestly, a lot of cringy yeah. shit on here. Um, it was just like he was this weird, weird era of that man. Like, but it just got back to like really good. Yeah. Like in this album. Really <laughs> good, So Anyways, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, I just, that was the only new thing. I've been mean, like, just obviously track hunting a lot for house tracks and things like that for all my upcoming shows. Um,
1: Drew, we're going to talk about dates at the end
0: Do you want to do that? Show. Oh, at the end? All right. Well, anyways. There's,
1: there's a whole space at the end of
0: the show. Oh, God bless. God bless. We'll just cut that part out.
2: We love editing. Yeah, well, he already has that all organized and everything without telling us, but that's how he has it.
1: Yes, Drew. Yes, Drew. We will cut that
0: part out for sure.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> I'll help.
0: Uh, I'll, re- I'll remix the show dates and put it out in an EP later this month. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll talk about a few things that came out this week that I listened to. I did listen to, in passing, that new version of Making a Fire from that last Foo Fighters record that Mark Ronson, I guess, did the mix for or did the instrumentation for. Uh, They basically took the vocal track from that first track off that last album they put out um, and gave it a very sort of sympathy for the devil type uh, bongo-y kind of performance underneath it. It's kind of cool. A novelty if you liked that last album. I thought that last album... Was okay, but I also thought Making a Fire was maybe one of the stronger tracks from that record for me, so um, it was kind of cool to hear as a, a, an alternative novelty thing. But it's it's not, it, it's a really bizarre one off for
2: them. I'll have to check that out,
1: especially they're putting out this uh, this um, disco record, I guess, uh, on record store day, so uh, we're gonna have to see exactly how that I thought comes that was up. a joke. No, no, they're putting it out. I guess half of it's Foo Fighters doing Bee Gee's covers and then the other half of it is them doing like disco versions of songs from the last album. <laughs> That's sick. That's uh, silly. <gasps> there, it's called the D the DG's Hail Satin
0: is the name of the record by the DG's. Um I I love that man. I love that man so much.
1: <laughs> Kirk Kirk
0: is such a or not I mean sorry, Dave Grohl is such a uh, fucking <laughs> dude i was uh, just because we were talking about nirvana earlier um but yeah i love dave Grohl, man he's just such a fucking he's like (laughs) silly boy it's crazy how much that dude has just stayed very much just a class act throughout (laughs) all like all of the insane amount of fame that he's received for being like the one person to carry rock into like the new generation The Bronx put out,
1: I think, maybe their fourth single from this new record, The Bronx 6, which is coming out, I think, next month. Or, or uh, sorry, I keep thinking it's July, August. I think it comes out. Um, the uh, the the track is called "Club Feelers" or "Curb Feelers." They also put out a uh, a music video for it that was pretty decent. You know, uh, it's Bronx music, and and it's not really going to hit me until the album's here. Getting just a song off of a Bronx album is like okay but but
2: give me the thing you know (laughs) like i don't know uh i don't mind the appetizer but i want the whole meal
1: right let me sit down with this fucking thing already i've had it on pre-order forever but i'm super excited about the about the record uh and all of the singles that have come out i've been like okay okay i see where you're going but like get there uh for me you know um uh, the new uh, Hobo Johnson record came out this week. That he been he dropped singles for like a week before, and then was like, "Oh, new record here! You, here we go." Uh, the Revenge of Hobo Johnson. Uh, very alternative, uh, unique uh, hip hop voice uh, mixed with uh, sort of folk music and punk music, and uh, and all kinds of different uh, mix ups. And this record is uh, no different and filled with. Uh, Particularly, unlike uh, the last two records, which were kind of uh, emotional stories about like sort of figuring out love at a young age and whatnot this uh, has some pretty biting political content Uh, uh, Hobo Johnson apparently galvanized by the last 500 days for reasons I'm sure nobody can understand Um, (laughs) Uh, and so it was really cool to hear him uh, him take that kind of turn lyrically Um, and I think the album's absolutely worth uh, checking out uh, because uh, he's got a very unique uh, thing that he does man um, and, uh, I really enjoyed this one. Maybe not so much as the, the second record, uh, but, uh, definitely, uh, a record I really enjoyed this past week. And I have to listen to more times. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the new mountain goats record mountain goats dark in here, uh, that they dropped this week. Uh, people like, uh, the mountain goats, very, uh, sort of indie rock, uh, kind of, uh, vaguely, uh, punky indie rock band. Um, from, uh, like.
2: <laughs> They've been around for a long uh, ass time. <laughs>
1: Long time, long time. Uh, And uh, a band that I haven't listened to every, a band that would maybe just qualify for me about uh, (laughs) doing the show on for what it's worth, uh, because I've listened to this and maybe one of their other records, but it popped up in my Spotify suggestions and I was like, I need new stuff. So uh, I listened through it and I really liked it for what it's worth. Um, They're not, again, like a favorite band of mine, but uh, really enjoyable if you're looking for something kind of kind of indie and and uh and folky and uh, vaguely punky and it's cool man it's a cool record and and definitely has um a really sort of uh nice personal feel to the lyrical content on it um but that's it for me uh please greg give us what's left from your list although so much came out this week man. oh
2: it's yeah like... i was i was surprised how much good shit came out um I, I will try to make it as brief as possible, but uh, starting off, um, not sure if you guys have heard, but uh, Metallica is going to be doing a reissue deluxe of their Black Album. They've oh, been kind of cool. doing that reissue. But,
0: <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> hear me out here.
1: I don't, I don't understand.
2: Yeah, hear me out here. The deluxe version, I guess, also has a second disc, which was also for charity, I believe. I don't remember which charity is associated with. Um, that uh, has art- a ton of different artists doing covers of songs from the Black Album. Primarily, you know, most of the big ones, but they do an entire, you know, record full. And one of right. them was Nothing Else Matters, which featured... God, the list is long here, and Spotify kind of cuts it off, but uh, Miley Cyrus, Elton John, Yo-Yo Ma, <laughs> Watt, Watt, <laughs> And, like, a couple other artists that are in the mix. And it's actually fucking good. Like, I listened to it out of pure curiosity, and I'm like, how are they making this work? It it all is actually really, really good. So I'm kind of intrigued to see hear what other artists are doing with Metallica album, you know, Metallica Black album songs, kind of. But, um... Outside of are these that.
1: all new covers or are they the legacy covers as well?
2: I think they're all new covers from the artist list that came out. Um, I can't remember all of them, but it was a massive fucking list. I don't remember how many covers of enter Sandman there were, but there were far too many um <laughs> yeah there's a lot
1: yeah that, well that's why i'm asking if it was new covers or legacy covers because uh, like the boston's Enter sandman and stuff like that yeah you know, that's i all...
2: think most of, yeah. i think they're all new if i remember correctly but i i could be wrong i'd have to recheck the list but i mean for albums and singles outside of that that came out for like new shit that wasn't covers like jesus goddamn christ um between the Between the Barry and me came out with a new single called "Fix the Error." They're a very weird, uh, progressive metal band. Um, it it's a very extremely bizarre single. I would highly recommend to listen if you just want to hear some weird ass shit. And also, there's an incredible drum solo in there. So at the very least, Drew, if you don't like prog shit, you will at least like that section. Maybe of the drum shit. Maybe you will. <laughs> Um another single that came out was I'm Exist. so sorry
0: how much of an ass I am about progressive stuff. I know yeah. The only thing I like that's progressive is progressive politics. Hey, I mean we can agree on that. Keep it in the politics out of the music. That's how I feel. That's my that's my platform that I'm campaigning on.
2: Mm. <laughs> um another another single that came out was uh Exist uh, from Employed to Serve. They're a UK metalcore band. Their new album's coming out in September. I was a huge fan of their 2019 release, and I listened to all their back catalog. They're super fucking dope. And the new single is just as fucking dope and super heavy. Has some really awesome switch-ups there. Um, And also another couple singles that came out was uh, Sweet Tooth by Sydney. Or Sydney the singer. Uh, She's from Maine. And she does kind of more like pop, soul, trap stuff. It's kind, of, it's kind of intriguing. And this single, I think, is probably the best one she's released so far. Um, and also there's another single from, uh, I believe it's a producer named Moss, featuring Genesis Owusu, um, called Saber Teeth. And it's kind of like a weird electronic um, rap uh, song. And Genesis Owusu came out with a record earlier this year that was really dope. Kind of like gorillas esque kind of rap and soul stuff, um, and him over this production was really interesting to hear um as for albums uh of course, Tyro the creator, uh yeah, that new album is pretty much at the top of my year end best list right now. I loved the shit out of it um other ones that came out that were also really good was uh oh, I didn't add them on the list, but I need to. Uh, is Golden Oak, who are a main folk group. Their new album is called Room to Grow. Um, The production is fantastic. Um, All the performances are just super melodic and just super earwormy. I loved the hell out of it. Um, Modest Mouse came out with their new record, The Golden Casket, and while it's Nowhere near, I think, as good as their, uh, you know, their 90s catalog and The Moon and Antarctica. I think that sort of era of theirs is almost untouchable. But I think this is easily their best record since, like, 2007. Basically, it was much better than Strangers to Ourselves. That record was trash. Um, And what was the other record that came out? Oh, yeah. uh, Beartooth. Another sort of melodic metalcore act came out with a record called Below. That was also really solid, really heavy, really earwormy. Not my year-end best list, but it's definitely still a solid record that I would highly recommend checking out, and I should probably stop there, because Jesus, <laughs> God, there was so much. I just
0: noticed, too, I haven't listened to it yet, but Gucci Mane just came out with a new album as well uh, Called did? called Ice Daddy.
2: Gucci main. why do I have a feeling I... He- oh, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know it's how a, I passed a, that. It's a
0: baby with a lot of chains on, and a, and, a, and, a, and a and a Gucci and a Gucci little baby uh, outfit. It's all Gucci, like because he's Gucci main.
2: I'm not sure if you're looking at yeah. the track list at all, but the second track has Pooh Poochieisty and Sir Mix a lot.
0: That's gonna what be interesting. The
2: f- what the fuck?
1: <laughs> Sir mix a lot living in a cave in Montana. Yeah, you got somebody little baby,
0: uh, little Uzi vert on there. Two chains, young doll. Oh, this is definitely. Oh, it's got E40 on one. It's got Project Pat on one. Yeah. Ooh.
2: Who the fuck is Pee Wee Longway? Like? Not
0: sure. Probably a singer or something. I've never heard of him, but um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just really stoked that he's got some OGs on there, like E40 and Project Pat. Yeah. Shout outs to Tennessee, uh, North Memphis. Let's go, baby. Project. Oh Bat, yeah, no. still doing his thing. I'm
2: definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna listen to those tracks. I bet those ones are gonna be fucking fire. I'm hoping it'll just be like old
0: school, like scumbag Gucci <laughs> maine before he went to jail and shit, where he just rapped about killing people and stuff. The Good stuff. The good stuff. I mean, he might. I'm. I'm. Di- I'm deeply offended that
1: you said I'm glad he's got some OGs, and Sir Mix a Lot didn't qualify. What the fuck is that shit,
0: dude? Sir Mix a Lot had. Baby Got Back. E-40 and Project Pat actually had a lot of really good songs.
1: Yeah, but what does that have to do with being an OG? What does that have to do with being an OG? He's definitely
0: O. Oh. Sir Mix-A-Lot's definitely an OG. He's yeah. definitely O, so, oh, that's for sure. Uh,
1: Volume 13 of the Rock of Shame podcast, Blowfly, everybody, our cover artist this week. Uh, I'm going to read the quote from Wikipedia. It's the most pleasantly brief Wikipedia uh, I've ever read. Clarence Henry Reed, February 14th, 1939 to January 17th, 2016, was an American musician, songwriter, and producer, also known by the stage name and alternate persona, Blowfly. Uh, (laughs) It's my week. My selection, I will go first uh, when talking about Blowfly. Uh,
0: wait, that's... Wait, 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 wait. That's the whole Wikipedia? That's the whole Wikipedia.
2: That's the whole <laughs> intro
0: Wikipedia, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's the whole intro Wikipedia. Absolutely. No shit.
0: All right, go ahead, Bryce. Sorry yeah, about
1: that. Yeah, Uh I listened to The Weird World of Blowfly, 1973, Blowfly on TV, 1974, Zodiac Blowfly, 1975, Oldies But Goodies, 1976, Blowflies Disco Party 1977 at the Movies 1977 porno freak 1978. Zodiac Party, 1978, Blowfly's Party, 1980, Rappin', Dancin' and Laughin', 1981, Butterfly, 1981, Fresh Juice, 1983, Electric Banana, 1985, Blowfly on Tour, 86, 1986, uh, Blowfly in the Temple of Doom, 1987, Blowfly for President, 1988 the twisted world of blowfly 1991 which he refers to several times on the record as being a soundtrack to a movie of some kind the movie either never came out or has been lost to time completely um <laughs> i because i can't you can't find it anywhere which is not uncommon for a lot of uh blowfly stuff there was a handful of albums i really wanted to listen to that you just can't find online unless you are buying a cassette tape or a cd or something off of discogs um is basically the only place to exist including the one that was apparently a punk rock album that he made you just can't find it online it's just not there um 2001 a sex odyssey 1996 <laughs> blowfly does xxx miss 1999 super blowfly 2007 and his final album from i believe 2009 77 rusty trombones 2016 oh 2016 sorry uh there was uh, another album in that sort of final stock uh, uh black in the sack that i listened to two songs from unfortunately it's mastered really awfully uh and there's a- an audible like annoying buzz uh that runs through the entire record and uh it i I was, I was going to punch something if I had to keep listening to it. Uh, so I moved on from that record uh, pretty quickly. Uh, Blowfly, really interesting figure. For what it's worth, I also watched the 2009 documentary, The Weird World of Blowfly, um, which I do not recommend. It will only make you dislike Blowfly more as a person. Um, Not necessarily because of uh, him. Uh, the documentary seems like it's going to focus on Blowfly, who's this incredibly uh, kind of interesting figure of a certain time. Um, it feels like it's going to, you know, they pull in uh, uh, Snoop Dogg and shit like that to like talk about Blowfly and stuff. And it seems like it's going to talk about this dude's history and life. And then it focuses almost entirely on him and the like a manager guy that he made the last three records with. Um, And that guy is awful. Uh, And the documentary sort of goes between like briefly mentioning interesting stuff about Blowfly's life and then showing Blowfly on this incredibly... Uh, sort of exploitive tour booked by this manager guy and every time they talk to the manager you're like oh this guy sucks uh, like every, and, and is clearly taking advantage of this old man uh, and is like upset uh, like somehow doing this thing um that is very clearly only going to have a certain level of excess, uh of success but is uh, upset with blowfly about how he didn't manage to uh uh, uh get over or whatever and uh, it it's all very uh, exploitive and gross And uh, fuck that guy, because those last three records are like comparatively really embarrassing as well. And you can tell that that fucking manager guy wrote most of the lyrics on those last records because they're just completely missing any sort of charm that was there maybe in the early records. I will say he goes through some phases, man. Um, His 1970s material is rooted in... A really cool, very small and kind of fascinating uh, chapter in uh, black music that was only championed by a handful of people in Blowfly is one of them. And that's the, the party record scene, um, which was a big thing. Uh, Basically, every black comedian that you hear coming up from that time is like I was I mean, black comedians and black rappers are like, this was the stuff that my parents had in the record collection that we weren't allowed to listen to. But when my and we knew we weren't allowed to listen to it, but when my parents weren't home, we'd put it on the record player real quiet and we'd be like, <laughs> you know, uh, all of them uh, talk about that. You know, Eddie Murphy and, and uh, you know, Eddie Murphy making that movie about Rudy Ray Moore, who went on to make the Dolomite movies. Rudy Ray Moore was one of these party record artists as well. Initially, this is they would take all their recording equipment into a fucking living room and do these you know song parodies and comedy bits and and uh, shit like that in this atmosphere of a living room with a bunch of people hanging out in it with their fucking solo cups and shit. And you can feel that atmosphere in the seventies records. And so even though like the songs don't really get good until the late part of the seventies, uh, and for the most part, he's just doing the kind of dirty parodies that like anybody will do as a joke now and then, you know, uh, to themselves. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, the atmosphere of those party records is i think really kind of a wonderful relic uh of a time gone by and i would love to find a way to to do a record that feels the way those records feel because it feels like you're sitting in a living room with this guy in the corner like eh hey, fucking uh <laughs> just some doing a, a parody or whatever some fucking song where he talks about almost exclusively about having sex uh <laughs> almost exclusively uh and uh and those have a really cool feel he gets to the 80s and the music takes a nosedive but uh that's <laughs> kind of par for the course with everybody and he goes from making this really beautiful uh kind of disturbingly beautiful uh soul music and and funky soul music in the late 70s to immediately making fucking garbage in the 80s like everybody else uh and then in the 90s just like everybody else he kind of snaps out of it and goes back to it for a little bit and starts making some stuff that i was like okay i can kind of i can kind of get down with that um and then uh and then the stuff that he makes near the end of his career he's clearly uh, being influenced by some people who are who are not uh not good for him um but uh generally you know it's it's a tough legacy because uh it's like going back and watching like old eddie murphy uh uh specials you know (laughs) where it's like a lot of this is great and some of it is really problematic uh, and and really uh, uh, beyond the pale as far as like uh, uh, what would be acceptable now and not and and punching down in a way that's not even like really all that funny. It's just sort of like wow, okay, um, for a, a, a large portion of it, and that's maybe the hardest stuff uh, to get through. He's particularly fond of gay slurs, uh, kind of a big thing for him. Um, that being said, you know, uh not to excuse it, at the time uh, that wouldn't have been something that anybody uh would have had a problem with, but very few. That being said, you know, it's, it's not okay. Uh it's just uh, it is what it is and, and any sort of comedy special that you hear from that time, particularly from the black community tended to be pretty heavy on uh that sort of content. Uh from anybody, Richard Pryor, uh, 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 Eddie Murphy, uh, maybe not in particular Bill Cosby or someone like that, but he ended up being his own situation, right? Uh, (laughs) uh, So, um, yeah, I mean, I had a a fine time with it for what it is. You know, it starts out as this Weird Al thing and ends up becoming this other uh, thing when he starts writing original songs, Uh, there were songs, uh, you know, he made me laugh throughout the week now and then. Uh, but, uh, you know, every now and then he'd come out with a line where I was just like, that's fucking, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Okay. Uh, but, uh, but you know, that was sort of the height of experience with it. And I wouldn't come out and be like, you need to listen to and come to an understanding with blowfly if you have not um i i don't know that i would say that i would instead say it's a a window into kind of a cool 70s phenomenon that surprisingly didn't continue after that and i'd really like to hear records uh, particularly pick up some of that atmosphere of those, uh, seventies records, you know, um, because, uh, uh, what is it that first Rage Against the Machine album, uh, the way they recorded that, they recorded that at Sun City, I believe. And they invited a bunch of people in, um, Into the studio to be in the studio while they recorded that album. And you never fucking know, listen to that record. It's like a completely useless gesture and just kind of like a funny footnote. Um, But it kind of, I kind of like the idea that like you feel like you're in a room with other people while you're listening to this music. And, And that was the part for me that really connected with me throughout the blowfly listening experience.
0: I feel like that also channels like a lot of that like party energy. So even if you can't hear them, you hear that energy of them yeah. playing a party or something like,
1: right. And, and, and it, 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 the performance feels like he's in a room with, uh, with people having fun at a party. Like chronic, yeah.
0: the first chronic album with Dr. Dre had the same atmosphere. Basically they were in a studio, but like, there were like shitloads of people in there and like, like lots of girls and lots of fucking <laughs> and lots of smoking and lots of drinking. Right. And like they just fucking that whole album was done half partying, like pretty much the whole time and like coming up with song ideas while partying. So Yeah, I mean an atmosphere that kind of creates that inspiration.
1: It's a cool bit. Do you wanna go next, Drew?
0: Let's go let's let Greg go next, because I I never go last. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. That is fair. Um well my week with Blowfly was a little bit different than Bryce's um to the fact that I just had no fun with this whatsoever and I fucking hated it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um basically uh I guess I can list what records I did listen to here. Uh just give me one second. Yeah, my playlist has the songs but not the albums. Uh, basically, the one topic that, I mean, you get the gist of what Blowfly's topic is, um, his shtick, for, like, the first two songs, and then it just repeats for how many god-awful albums. Uh, let's see. (laughs) The Weird World, Blowfly, uh, of course, Spotify doesn't have all these in order, but I remember which ones I listened to, uh, On TV, Porno Freak. Uh, blowfly, butterfly. Uh, yeah, God, this God, the way that Spotify has this organized is just god awful. Um, oldies but goodies. Yeah, it's a mess.
1: It's maybe the the funniest thing about doing this show has been like, oh man, everyone's Spotify <laughs> library is a mess.
2: Yeah, well, in this uh, one in particular, because Blowfly did um back in like 2000 sell the rights to all of his discography because he was in debt. And I think this is yeah. the or the legendary Henry Stone presents and I think whoever this guy is, or whatever company this was published from, these are the reissues. So they're all over the yeah. place. Um, even though they're just reissues, not really remasters or anything of that sort. You can tell by the quality they didn't do jack shit, they just republished.
1: He sold the whole discography for like a song, basically. Yeah. Um, the guy himself was a a pretty notable producer in Miami. That was his day job. Worked with Casey and the Sunshine Band and shit hmm. like that. That um, part I didn't know. And uh, and Blowfly was like his like weird side project that he was doing at night.
2: <laughs> weird. But uh, the other ones I listened to were uh, Weird World, Blowfly's Party. Uh, The Twisted World of Blowfly, I only listened to about three songs until I realized, huh, half of these are literally just re-recordings. So I pretty much threw that out. And uh, what was the last one I listened to? Oh, Blowfly, Super Blowfly. Or I think it's just called Super Blowfly, Mm -hmm. but for some reason on here it's... And it's on the Spotify twice for some reason. I think one has a bonus track and the other one A bunch of
1: them are on there twice. Yeah.
2: And that's and it, it's
1: like a bunch of the reissues are on there twice, and they're both the reissue version. Yeah,
2: uh, basically that was when I tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my week with Blowfly was just like I've heard this style of humor done before and done just better over time, and yeah, and just musically there wasn't a lot that was interesting in the background because the the thing with Blowfly. Is not only did I have to look at him as, you know, a musician, but also as a comedian. Because, first and foremost, Mm. what he started with was parody. And then afterward, he, you know, just made funny songs. Or, you know, funny songs that I didn't find funny, but, you know, he has his audience. Um, (laughs) And I guess... I know the the artists I'm going to bring up as examples are different stylistically, but artists like Weird Al who general who are primarily parody but also have done originals. I think the way that he does it cuz he also is able to branch out topically and whether I find mm-hmm. it funny or not he at least has something sort of interesting in transition for each record.
1: Yeah, he's kind of going in a different direction for what it's worth. Like you can even tell on those records like the records that are parodies, he does a verse up until the chorus of the song. And then he even he realizes there isn't really enough there, yeah. and kind of moves
2: on without finishing the song. Yeah, no, all, all these all these but goodies was literally just like minute or two long snippets, and he's just like, "All right, on to the next one." And which then is like thirty seconds, and then yeah. it's on the next one. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't think he, you know, he doesn't touch uh, basically any other comedy, <laughs> comedy artists that I've ever listened to. No. Uh, but certainly not Weird Al, who I, I you know, Weird Al is a figure who is maybe the easiest to compare to those
2: early records? Yeah, and stylistically, I mean, they are two completely different people, but I mean, just like, in in the genres of mixing music and comedy, I think there has to be a balance, and Weird Al's shtick usually ends up being more, you know, parody or polka music, but he's able to execute Mm -hmm. it in a way that usually is interesting throughout, or a band like Psycho Stick, who, while I haven't enjoyed them as much since, like, High school, they still branch right. out topically, instrumentally. They bring something weirder to the table with their more funk metal aesthetic, um, right? And they're just able to blend it in ways that are just a little more interesting. Even if I don't find it a hundred percent funny all the time,
1: a comparison to Weird Al is a little unfair because he's a yeah. phenom. Uh, but uh, but certainly Psychostick, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd probably rather listen to that
2: band. Than yeah. <laughs> and and the other one, I guess, is like because I understand that Blowfly is influential to like the dirty rap Miami scene of that time and also just kind of sex rap in general. I could understand some people going to Blowfly and being like, oh, huh, maybe if I put this in a more gangster, hardcore context, maybe who the fuck knows? But stand up too. I
1: mean, like, really influential to stand up at that time, and is definitely something that you can imagine not just from the people who've said it, but you can imagine kids growing up in the environment that this record was built for, getting this record, listening to this record when their parents aren't home or aren't listening or whatever, and being like, oh man, like, this guy can get on a record and just say anything that he wants, like, total freedom to just say the wildest shit oh you yeah know? um and how that would be influential for a, like kind of a whole generation of uh people who ended up uh, uh going into rap and going into stand-up comedy yeah. and, and, and
2: back and in the 70s that, that sure. type of thing was also a lot more popular because especially considering like any time before then the morality police would just shut shit down Sure. So, you know, sure. in 70s, yeah,
1: listening with today's context, it's like, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, like in the 70s, just being crass alone is funny. I mean, you look at George Carlin's <laughs> seven words you can't say on television, and I mean, that is just right. nothing but just being crass. But, in <laughs> but also, like, in the going back to the dirty rap scene, I just think I myself have never cared for male rappers talking about, you know getting their dicks sucked and fucking bitches i i personally don't give a right. shit if the beat's banging that's one thing i can overlook it but in, right. in blowfly's case no um but <laughs> like i just find sex rap i guess more interesting in like the female perspective like modern artists like meg the or uh probably my favorite currently uh cupcake who is just so super blatantly explicit with how she talks about <laughs> sex but it's hilarious like she knows how right. to have these punch lines that just fucking work it doesn't even matter what topic it is she will throw a dick line or a fucking line or an ass line into something that's serious and it just somehow works it transitions perfectly Well, uh,
1: in all fairness Greg is that not because female fronted sex rap is is uh, certainly more novel than male fronted sex rap at this point
2: Potentially, but I think now in this modern age, it's much more acceptable. Whereas, you know, this be if like Cupcake was in the fucking 1970s, same era as Blowfly, I don't think she would have passed nearly at all. But, no, you're right. But even in, like, early 2000s, you had... Or even 1990s, you had Little Kim, Foxy Brown, Trina. And, you know, it's not like... It's not like this hasn't been around. And I'm sure in the 80s, you could probably find some female rap that's... I mean, for fuck's sake... Push it by salt and pepper isn't the most explicit thing, but it's literally just fucking. It's a fucking song.
1: Well, sure, but but you've got like my neck, my back and stuff
2: like yeah.
0: that. That was coming. Like that old school jazz lady who used to sing songs about getting railed by like big dicks and shit like that. And that's like <laughs> I, I remember holy who you're talking shit. about.
2: I, yeah, I remember who you're talking <laughs> about. I don't remember the name, but I know who you're referencing. Um And I think the biggest thing for me, just using them as comparisons, is that there's kind of a punchline where, like, it's in doses, where Blowfly is literally nothing but his shtick, and it gets old (laughs) very, very, very quick, regardless of context of what era it's it's in. So I... It was kind of torture going through album to album as it just progressively just got more and more annoying for me. And especially when he got into more original stuff where some of the songs, my God, Porno Freak, I think had, God, what? He had like a seven minute skit on there. I want to slam my fucking head (laughs) in my car door. It was torture. (laughs) And then you get, into the eight, yeah, you, ha- yeah. you get into the 80s and there's like five minute, seven minute ones that just keep going right. and going. Like Dirty Rap, I understand why that one's the popular stream, but even that one, right. I kind of got bored with about halfway through and going, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's the first song on the record. Fuck. And it only, that, I mean, it only so got that's, worse.
1: That's, that's kind of a big discussion to have is Rap, rap Dirty. Preceding uh, uh Sugar Hill Gang, the Sugar Hill Gang record that everybody says, rappers delight that everyone says is like the first rap record, and Rap Dirty coming out like four or five years before that. Yeah, um, kind of kind of a big deal, you know, and and uh, I think certainly the idea of it, them being like that's the first rapper or whatever. It's like I mean, that's maybe one of the first somewhat mainstream records that made it out of people doing that but like it's all sort of adapted from an amalgam of different cultural things like toasting and stuff like that right so it's like it's kind of you know him being like no this guy like invented rap it's like i mean no No. And, and even when he does do rap dirty he does rap dirty and then the rest of the songs are like normal and then you notice like after 79 when uh uh sugar hill gang comes out with rapper's delight he's like Oh no, you can like have hits just doing that shit that I was doing. Okay. Now now fucking every record after this is going to be mostly rap music cuz it's easier for me to make. Yeah. Um so it, the the whole he invented rap thing, he was a person who had a really easy a, a really early example of what you could consider rap. Yeah. Uh but but it, it, to the, the he invented rap thing's a little dodgy. And, and you're right about him having one joke. Uh, and it will depend entirely, your enjoyment of him will depend entirely on, on what your attitude regarding that is. There was a point in listening, you know, I listened to 21 fucking Blowfly albums in a week. There's a point in which it becomes, it became hilarious to me every time he'd start up a new song and it was also about yeah. having sex. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 the fact that he didn't have anything else he wanted to talk about became hilarious to me eventually but it certainly wasn't in the first five albums that i listened to yeah uh it was only after you get like album 12 and like album 13 where you're like this is it's amazing. It's amazing that you put on any song by this guy and it's and the like four or five times during his career where he does the dirty alphabet.
2: Um yeah, Ses- Ses- Sesame Street th- was when I heard that, I'll admit, it did make me chuckle. But again, halfway halfway through I'm just like, Okay, I get it. You you're saying dick and pussy just constantly. All right. You used pussy. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> Why? Try. Okay. Yeah. And so that's maybe the gr- that's maybe his whole career in a microcosm because it's literally him going through the alphabet from A to Z, being like G, good pussy, H, hot pussy. It's like what the fuck. And by the time he gets to like the the fucking eighteenth letter in the alphabet, you're like, I got I gotta I gotta hand it to him.
2: He has the dedication to his shtick. I'll give him that. But like, again, like you said, it it matters if it's funny to you or not, because since comedy is very much an element and listening to this, the subjectivity for me is not only is the music good, but is the comedy good? And for me, neither was good. (laughs) I I couldn't I couldn't take like I only listened to eight albums and I tapped the fuck out. I don't know how you listen to 21. Like, I'm the one on the show that usually ends up going through a whole goddamn discography just because I hate myself. But, like, I couldn't do it with Blowfly. I was just like, nope, I'm done. I'm listening to Tyler. I'm listening to Beartooth. I'm listening to Golden Oak. I'm listening to anything but this shit. And, yeah, basically. Drew, Drew, give it to us. I'm passing passing it to Drew because I'm just going to rant and rant and rant.
0: I listened to Electric Electronic Banana, Blowfly and the Temple of Doom. Um I listened to some of uh, Blowfly for President, um, Twist uh Twisted World of Blowfly, uh Zodiac Party, Blowfly Butterfly, Porno Freak, uh Super Blowfly, Sex Odyssey I think that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, um, dude, I, I liked blow fly. Like I, I enjoyed it. Um, I like shit about getting your dick sucked and stuff. I was like, man, same dude. I love pussy. I love getting my dick sucked. Like the man is speaking, preaching to the choir, man. Like I love sex with lots of strange women. Like, Big fan of just being an absolute degenerate, and I mean, and also, I think I just like I miss a lot of my like fucking deep south brothers down south, and like he had that old soul kind of vibe going on, but he's also a dirty like sex deranged old man, which was hilarious to me <laughs> and um
1: in a superhero costume, though. yeah, in a
0: supergirl costume, and like the dude's just like an absolute fiend for the pussy man. And, uh, to me, that's just, like, fucking hilarious, like, that he just, every single song was about getting his dick sucked, or fucking a girl, or, uh, accidentally fucking a girl that he thought was a girl, but was actually a transgender person, and he got scared because there was a penis there, and so he went out and still jerked off in his car after. Like, I mean, this is, this is quality content, in my opinion. The man the man like lived a life and that is what I think we got to take away from all of this. You know what I mean? This man lived a life and it wasn't a perfect life. In fact, he did a lot of very shameful things. But he documented all of his sexual experiences in all of these albums and for that I'm incredibly grateful. Like this man like is a fucking legend to me to be perfectly honest with you (laughs) like i had a great fucking time it's actually funny if you listen
1: to or if you watch the documentary which again i do not recommend uh they ask him how many women have you had sex with he's like oh an incredibly small number of women and they're like what he's like yeah i'm terrified of venereal disease absolutely terrified of it (laughs) he's like (laughs) he's like honestly he's like He's like, he's like, if I if I begin to have sex with a woman, which is rare, he's like, which is rarely happens. He's like, and it smells. If there's any sort of oh, smell yeah. that I am not cool with, I I get out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I high tail. No, 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 like he actually mentioned that too.
0: He said, "Stay away from stinky pussy." Like at one point in one of his songs, he said, "Stay clear of that." And I was like, "God bless, appreciate you, Blowfly. Thank you for." He's basically like that dirty uncle, you know what I mean? Who just tells you all of these facts that. You're not really sure yeah. if they're facts or not, but you were young, so you just kind of they just stuck with you, you know. So you just like yeah. I don't know why, but anytime your pussy stinks, I just I just don't want to have sex with you. And they're like, why? <laughs> like it's just sometimes it as a smell, and it's like I don't know what. It- oh, you know what? It was that one time my dirty uncle told me that shit when I was like seven for some reason while he was drunk as <laughs> shit at a barbecue. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, it- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he really uh, he really just like. I don't know, he just had that like um uh, that same kind of superhero persona, like he kind of put on a fucking thing that um you see a lot with like Too Short and things like uh, artists like that. I feel like I don't know, Too Short tips his hat to Blowfly or not, but I feel like he could cuz like a lot of his stuff has similarities where he just talks about crazy sexual experiences that he's had and just like how he's <laughs> just like basically like the superman of pimps, basically. And uh Yeah,
2: that's definitely too short in a nutshell. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, I I listen to a lot I listen to a lot of Bay Area like stuff and I mean I like a lot of stuff that came out of there. Like huge G40 fan too. But yeah, I mean like too short does the same thing. Like I don't know, you could say like Wu Tang does the whole like, you know, rapping like their like ninjas with their like they they slash you with their words type thing. And I'm not trying to say Blowfly and like Wu Tang are in the same boat. Like, skill wise, technique wise, everything about Wu Tang Clan is so much better than Blowfly. And like, but it's also like newer rap where they, all- but I don't know, for what Blowfly is, it was fucking fun as shit listening to him. Uh, for me, like, I just, um, I don't think I was as critical about it. Like, I kind of, I kind of just like the moment I started hearing him do his thing, I just like, I couldn't take him fully seriously. Like, I just, I was just like, this guy's just fucking fun. Like, it's just party vibes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, I, I don't know. I just think of um, all the times you would, j- you're just with your guy friends and you're just joking about getting your dick sucked or some fucked up degenerate shit. And, you know, just being, just guys being guys and talking about raunchy, stupid shit like that. And just trying to just make them laugh. Like, you're even saying disgusting stuff just to make your friends laugh in, like, really disgusting ways. And I feel like that was just kind of, like, chilling with Blowfly. You know what I mean? It was just, like, we were just chilling, and he was just telling me dirty shit all week. You know what I mean? Like, with, like, some fun beats behind it, too. Like, funky stuff, too. And, like, all of his parody stuff, to me, didn't feel like he was trying that hard, which made it so much funnier. No. It's like he just heard, heard the song, like, one time he's like let me go in there and just try some. And then they're like, that's it. fly. That's the one. Don't even do a second take. Like, you know, like that, like what is love? Maybe don't hurt. Like he just did like some other thing on it. And it's just like, yeah, fuck is love. is what, yeah. Fuck is love. Yeah. It's just like all these corny ass fucking parodies where he's like barely even trying. And he's just kind of like doing some old soulful black singing on it. And you're just like, this guy's just vibing right now. Like, Someone probably brought him yeah. in the studio and was like, yo, like do your thing, man. And he's just like, Alright, cool, man. And he's just like That's just, sp- and it's especially apparent on those party
1: records, right? Where like there is like very clearly uh a- it's not like he's trying very hard to be no this-, this and just isn't very funny. Like it's a very casual kind of feel yeah. to
0: everything. That's the thing I really liked about him too, and all of that stuff, is how casual it was. Like you could just tell he's a very comfortable person that just like does right. his thing. And um, he just, he's just trying to be funky and like tell you funny shit that like at that time, like I know a lot of older guys like that from back home and like, they would just tell you stories. And it felt like that. It was like, you're just hearing those stories. Like I, my, one of my good friends, uh, Ford, his dad, Ron profit Ford was a, a singer songwriter for parliament and did guitar for a bit with George and stuff. And I just remember we were sitting down one time and this is like a long, I was like 16 or like 17. I just still remember the story. Cause I remembered, I still hadn't really tried a lot of psychedelics yet. And he's telling us this story about him and how him and George after a show one time, we we're going to do mushrooms. But the way he told it, it was just like, it's like, yeah, so me and George just went down, went down the block and just met with this weird fucking man. He was, you know, look like he might have been homeless, I don't even know. Like but this man gave us this big old bag of mushrooms. And he said he said that'll be twenty five dollars. And I was like, Twenty five dollars, that ain't even that much. Like he's like, Oh, it's gonna be worth it though, brother, let me tell you. So we got that bag of mushrooms and I just remember George Clinton ate a couple of them, and I started eating them too. And I look back at George, and then I looked down, and I realized, I hey, ate the rest of the bag. And George Clinton just went, <laughs> bye-bye, and bye-bye, I did. And, like, dude, that's the same kind of vibe I get with, like, Blowfly, where it's just, like, he's just, like, some southern, like, older black gent, you know what I mean? Who's just, like, been around the block a <laughs> bit more. He's traveled a bit more. He's just used to, like... Hating white people because white people are fucking awful. Like I love that yeah. too. Like how he's just like I tell white people to kiss my ass all the time because I grew up in Mississippi and I hate those motherfuckers. And I was like, yeah, I feel that, dude. Like those white people fucking sucked. Hell yeah, dude. You it's tell Im- them.
1: It's important. To, it's important to note. Blowfly not terribly fond of black people either.
0: That's true uh, though. Yeah, he does not like. <laughs> I, pretty much, Blowfly doesn't like anybody but pussy that doesn't stink. Um, that's basically. That's all that he... And even then, he's still a little bit eh, about it. And you know what? Like, that's fine. Like, you know, he's kind of like... He's kind of a bad guy in, like, this really fun, degenerate <laughs> way that I just really enjoyed. Um, I, I like, enjoy sort of anti-hero kind of people like Blowfly, like, in my life. Because, um, I don't know, for, for example, just with him, though, it's just like he's just so laid back. And, like, I, I enjoy the casualness, like... It made me feel like relaxed because I'm just like this guy's just saying whatever the fuck he feels like talking about, and he's just like got this platform to do his thing and just vibe out and just talk about pussy all the time and <laughs> and and some and some big dicks and you know fucking and I don't know, I guess like the one track I really enjoyed was uh porn the album I liked was Porno Freak I think was the one I liked, um yeah that that skit was pretty fucking long though. <laughs> I can't agree with you on that. Um, I like that one. Merrick Cohen was kind of dumb, <laughs> but yeah. I like, I like to fuck the boss cause it's just so fucked up <laughs> and it just sounds like this like awful pimp, like gaslighting a prostitute or something like that. And I think it's hilarious. Um, it just had that kind of vibe to it. Where was the one, what was the song? What was the album that had like come test on it and stuff? Um,
1: Oh geez, I can't, it's all a blur to me, man. It's
0: all just one big song. Uh, Blowfly in the Temple of Doom was fun too. I liked I liked that album. There was actually so to go back to your question earlier, Bryce, about like if I would sample something or like use something, yeah. I probably would use some stuff off of the Blowfly in the Temple of Doom album just because it had that funky, <laughs> like it had that funk right. background to it with a little bit of some rapping on it, and it kind of felt like some like Curtis Blow like the breaks type shit, but he's saying fuck and mm-hmm. pussy and cunt and all kinds of other shit you shouldn't be saying. <laughs> And uh, I was just like, that would be hilarious because it has that funky like, clap your hands, everybody. But it's like, you know, the bitch sucked my dick, and I was like, whatever the fuck. And you're just like, you're just like, I just feel like that would be really fun to just like slip in to a mix and just like see if people even catch it or not because it has that funky vibe and people be dancing to it, and then you just start hearing all that stuff and people just be like, wait, what? And just, I don't know, like. There is definitely some shit in there. I don't know. It's just like I I just I just enjoy uh, sexually raunchy stuff, too, though. And like I'm a very open sexual person and I've worked in some of the biggest pits of despair in my life and dealt with a lot of smutty bullshit that to me, I just enjoy it. I I think anything sexual I would watch over like a violent movie. You know what I mean? Like like I I enjoy the content of adult stuff like that more than like violence Mm -hmm. and stuff for me. I mean, I also just, I'm a huge fan of sex. Uh, I love having sex. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, it's something that I, I care more about than like violence and fucking fighting and anger and th- like, you know, like just, I love making love, man. Like love is where it's at. and like, Make love, not war. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I just had a good time and he just, had, and, and he just kind of just like <laughs> loosen up, you know, kind of vibe like about like just sexual things. because. I think sometimes people can get really tight about things like that. And it's nice to just like kind of like loosen up and be like, it's okay. Like it's pretty natural to be human and to want to have sex with people and stuff. And like in that kind of way, it's kind of fun. And I feel like it probably helped people when they were younger to realize that like it's just a thing that people can even joke about. You know what I mean? Like I think that was kind of helpful, especially in a more conservative time like the 70s. Like especially after the sixties when everyone basically said hippies could go fuck themselves and it got really into like that square kind of vibe you know like oh yeah so I don't know it it just uh, it was fun and I, I I get its time period and like there's definitely stuff on there that like is just fucking not okay like Bryce said <laughs> um, like I could definitely understand that the man really likes to say the f word I mean that's just how. It was said back then. It's just not okay. It, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, as far as that's concerned, like, it's just... But it's,
1: it's really kind of interesting. For what it's worth, like, it's filled with this, uh, what we would classify now as hate speech. But the the music also has a very, lyrically has this very, like, freak flag forward kind yeah. of message to it like he's constantly talking about like i don't care what you're into like i'm down to fucking party like let's yeah. hang out you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. at the same time at the but, same time he's dropping gay slurs like constantly but,
0: it, but the thing about it too is like sometimes like i don't know i don't think it was like the word w- was slightly different back then, and it wasn't technically always derogatory as much. I mean, like, it was never an okay word, but it's, like, how people use D-Y-K-E, like, with lesbians and, like, how they call right. each other that. You know what I mean? Like, there might have been just, like, yeah. a different kind of vibe there, because he never necessarily said he hates gay people or any, like, he never said he was against them. He was, like, always just, like, they do their right. thing. It's just he's had interactions with gay people, and he's just really not about... uh dicks in his ass and like that's all right you know what i mean like you're allowed to not want to have gay sex you know what i mean like it's just the way he goes about yeah. talking about it it's just like it's like hey, it's not my thing you know what i mean like but you know he does say those words but like it's not like he's go do like ah like you know fuck them you know like ah they're awful like you know it's like more kind of like i don't know he's just he kind of seems like more kind of like yeah, freak flag fly, you know what I mean? Like, you all do your thing, and, like, that's just kind of how he refers to them. And I think that time period, it wouldn't have had that same kind of reaction. It was just more kind of like, that's just what I always knew to call him, you know? Like, so probably... I'm not trying to excuse the man at all, by the way. (laughs) Like, I'm just making that very clear here. I'm just saying that I think that that's a different time period, and it probably did not... It was not intended to be done in a derogatory or hateful way towards the gay community at all. Like, you know what I mean? But well, in, cer- in certain instances, yeah,
1: there are certain instances where it's like, Oh, that's a little, uh, that's a little forward, but there are specific instances where he uses a word that now we would kind of reserve only for being incredibly bigoted. Yeah. In a sentence where he's talking about, like, I
0: love, these types of people and stuff like that it's like oh
1: that's very st- okay
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah the, like that was the weird part so like that's why i was kind of like i don't know really like you know like i saw like because you know like he, he seemed like he really didn't have any issues with any of them it's just like it's just how he kind of said it and but i don't know man like Matt. aside from that aside from the whole like you know hey speech for gay people and you know saying the n-word a bunch i mean like <laughs> All that shit, you know. I mean, like, I hear that all the time in rap nowadays. Anyways, too, like, you know, it's just, just what it sure. is. Um, but like, I don't know, man. He's just fucking. He's just like laid back and like goofy and uh, just love making songs about pussy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I mean that's what Two Life Crew is too. So like, if you don't like sure. that, you probably won't like Blowfly because like Blowfly is way more, uh, yeah. un- like like less like structured version of what two live crew is basically. Cause like two live crew is like all about fucking and sucking and all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they are just all about it, man. And like same with like fucking 95 South even like, but all that shit, like it's just like, I don't know. I think I get it. You know what I mean? Like it's fun. And like, for me, I love provocative stuff. Like I spin tracks sometimes that like, like, I don't know if you know, sweet pussy Pauline. I showed you a track bryce about that that lit, yeah. it's like a really classic famous acapella from chicago that people will spin in the house tracks and the lady's just talking like she just says work this pussy baby and you know and just yeah like, i know this just, song.
2: <laughs> yeah 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 and
0: just just talking about like some guy came in with a little dick and she's like what are you gonna do with that thing tickle me you know and just shit like that and um you know just just fun shit i, I just love all of it you know what i mean like I'm not really, like, gender-specific about it. I like when guys talk about it. I like when women talk about it. I love when gay people talk about it. Like, I don't know if you know Big... I think it's Big Dipper. Um, He's, like, a super body-positive, uh, kind of chubby chubby, uh, gay guy who has just tons of songs about, you know, being great at Suck a Dick and just, like, a bunch of other great stuff. <laughs> like, he's... And he's just, like, he's got that same vibe. I just love sex sex vibes in songs because like to me music's super sexual to begin with like even without words like you know i feel it i i mean like i feel a lot of the music in my loins you know what i mean like it just it feels yeah. really sexual like always like i always get really primitive when i'm listening to music and stuff like i'm not saying like i'm gonna fuck a stove if i'm like listening to like <laughs> you know acdc or whatever you know what i mean i gonna be like oh man i love this song ah! and just start fucking some stuff but i mean like you know it's God. just like music's a feeling and that feeling a lot of the time is just like all over. You know what I mean? It doesn't have a location. I think like, what's her, uh, what's her name? Fucking that legendary woman rocker. Um, Joan Jett, I think she's like, rock is just sex. It's basically sex and sounds like, or something like that. Or I think she said like, I like rock, you just feel it in your pussy or like you feel it in your dick. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, like dude, uh, confirmed. Like, I feel music in my dick sometimes, like a lot. Like it's right. a vibe. You know what I mean? So, I'm all about it, man. Like I, even though he's not the most talented dude and shit, it was just fun to like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, have like someone to vibe out to. Um. So I guess we're going on to slaps, yeah. Unless anyone else wants to talk about yeah. it anymore.
1: How ma- how ma Drew, please give me your slap count, buddy.
0: Um, I'm probably gonna go back and listen to him a little bit, just especially to maybe grab some stuff possibly too. Um, right. I'm like. I'm kind of, like, in between three and four, but leaning kind of more towards Mm -hmm. four just a bit. So it's, like, a low four for me, but, like, it's still a four just because, like, it was fun, you know? It's just, I I wouldn't, it's, like, barely a four. Like, it's, like, (laughs) I feel weird giving it a four, but I would feel even worse (laughs) if I gave it a three just because three is just, like, good enough, you know what I mean? And I kind of give that to the people that are just all right. And I actually liked this. It's just, like, I... I, (laughs) It's just like 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 this is uh this is this is where Blowfly is and this is four. I'm just like <laughs> There we go. Like,
2: yeah, just a little bit over the line.
0: Just a little over the line, yeah.
2: Jet just passes that grade for you.
0: Yeah. And K Bart gives it a three slap too, and he said Blowfly was nuts, sexual experiences with everyone, and those cover songs <laughs> made me lose it over and over again good times. Yeah, I mean like I I really <laughs> When I got through, like, a song, an album or two of those cover albums, I was, like, the moment I saw that it was going to be more parodies and stuff, I was just, like, I'm just going to keep to the original stuff. (laughs) Like, I get it. Like, it's all right that he did this. But it's just so lazy that it's, like, fun for maybe an album. (laughs) And then you're just, like, yeah, all right. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. No joke. No joke. When it comes to the parodies.
1: a, a big part of the humor was that they were so fucking lazy. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, they were 100%. Incredibly lazy parodies. That, like, he was basically just singing the song except for changing the one word where yeah. it would be funny to say pussy instead. Yeah. You know? 100%. And it felt, it felt it was
0: so fucking lazy.
1: It felt like being in the car with your buddies and a song is playing on the radio and <laughs> someone just changes the one yeah, word. That it's makes literally the song that. Super dirty. It's
0: just so fucking loose <laughs> and just bored. Like, He just seemed almost, like, bored. He was just like, I'm just gonna throw this out here and get the fuck out of the studio and go fuck some bitches. Like, (laughs) like, even though he didn't, apparently. But whatever. Anyways. Uh,
1: Greg.
2: One. I I just had no fun with this. Like, I I do understand why people like him and why there's an appeal. It's just for me, I've heard it. I've heard this style of uh, humor done. So much that it just I'm so desensitized to it that it's just like I can't find this funny. I've I've heard it done I just heard it done better. That's just yeah. me.
1: Yeah. I get I, I get that. I understand that. Yeah. Uh I'm at like a f I'm at like a three. Um uh you know, if we're judging it just on the music alone. It's like it's not that high for me. Yeah. But I, I, I was with Drew where, like, listening to the records, it was just, you know, it was just kind of mired in this feeling. It was just know, vibing this artist. And yeah. The, and this show is about is about exploring the the culture and the world and, and just the experience of listening to an artist more than it is, like, I, I was really looking for more complexity in the music or whatever, <laughs> for, for the most part. Not to say that that's where Greg is on it or anything like that. No. Uh at all. Uh it's more just to say that that for me it was uh uh you know, I, I put them on and every now and then he'd say something and I'd be like, Jesus Jesus Christ. Uh and like it was that was fun for me, I think, uh, for the artist and it was kind of cool to learn about this being kind of like a like a hidden chapter of uh that that had such a big influence on stand up and had such a big influence on rap, you know, like uh Ice Tea and Snoop Dogg and and uh Dr. Dre and all these people talk about like, no, these were these were a part of the equation for me when I was a kid, you know? Uh and uh I think that's really cool. Uh especially because it's something that uh when we come to those party records has a really cool atmosphere and basically stops existing after the seventies. <laughs> I think that's a really cool uh kind of uh uh thing to get to explore and I'm glad that we uh got to uh to listen to one of these artists personally because I think it's such a cool idea and such a cool vibe As, for a record. Anything with that freaky
0: uh, like vibe like Bootsy, Parliament, yeah. all that shit to me, it's just like it's hard for me to not like it, even if it's like lazy or just like dumb. <laughs> Like I just I had I had I heard so much fucking like like I literally was telling people this week I was like this is like some of the shit is literally like if Parliament Funkadelic got really high and then ate a Viagra pill and then got in the booth and started just like freestyling. Like
1: Or like if Parliament Funkadelic was yeah. just hanging out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, like that
0: too. Like <laughs> There's so much degeneracy in the freak in the freak squad, man. Like all the funky people, man, like motherfuckers just like the fuck, you know? <laughs>
1: Uh so that gives uh Blowfly a total slap count of 8 uh slaps uh which is a respectable score considering. Uh and it's all just because of his vibe.
0: <laughs> I got to put literally it that the one. vibe and uh, the vibe alone. Like there was no <laughs> lyrical <laughs> abilities there that were impressive by any means. There were no songs that I was like, wow, that's a hit. Like it was just vibes. Yeah. It was just like Yeah. For me like the vibes connected you know sometimes things just vibrate differently for different people
1: my my top song of the week was either the incredible fuck which is a song where he talks about a wizard casts a spell on him and uh whenever somebody calls him a bastard his dick grows 12 inches long <laughs> um amazing story <laughs> like like eight minute story and it's filled with so many weird and and to the point of the him not putting in effort thing there's there's literally a line in the song where he pronounces a word the wrong way and then he goes back and says oh i mean this i'm sorry i don't know why i pronounced it that way instead of like (laughs) fixing it uh it's the most wild shit i've ever heard on a record uh uh and maybe my other favorite song was uh uh, girl let me come in your mouth uh was uh which never thought i'd say that on this show but uh just a song just a a really beautiful r&b song with just really awful, uh, terrible lyrics to it <laughs> in the best way. Um, that was kind of my favorite moment for me.
0: I love I love just like sensual, slow songs that are just very <laughs> graphically sexual. Like Throat Baby. Uh, Throat Baby, like that came out like what? Like six months ago or something. I love sure. that track. And especially the City Girls <laughs> remix of it too, where they come on and they just start yeah. talking about how fast they can make you come. And you're just like, God damn. Yeah, City girls sound like they, uh, <laughs> they got some skills. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: It's your week, Greg, to oh, pick the next yeah. artist.
2: Indeed. I have a few different options. Uh, we'll start... <laughs> well, now my Flonase and Claire Nadie are wearing off. God damn it. Um, so I'll make this quick. Um, before we have an episode of all coughing and Bryce has to edit for five hours. Uh, I'm probably
1: going to have to do that anyway.
2: Fair enough. Um... <laughs> King Crimson. That qualify for either okay. of
0: you? Uh, I think it they qualifies might. for me. Hold on, hold on one second. Let me just go. I
2: have a few options, so that doesn't have to be the one that we solidify. I no, I just want to.
0: I just. I know I've listened to like two albums by them, but like I'm just double checking to make sure it's only two.
2: Yeah, and for King Crimson, on, I'm literally only I only know the sample of 21st Century Schizoid Man. For Kanye West, and that's it.
0: Mm -hmm. I've listened to the whole "Court of the King" Crimson King album, and then there was another one. Whatever the album was that had Level Five on it, which one was that one? Um, A lot of these are just live albums too, though. Um,
2: Yeah, King Crimson has a decent studio record amount, but yeah, they also have a ton of live albums. So I'd I'd have to sift through how many they have. Like one, two,
0: three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10 11 12 13 uh 13 to 14 I think uh live uh studio albums and then the rest are all lives um yeah I've listened to Corn of the Crimson King and then what the fuck was the uh, was this level 5 off of the hold on one second um what album is this the one with the baby on it <laughs> the one with dub baby on it i will oh uh, the, oh the power the, cover? the power to believe and those are the only two mm-hmm. i've listened to um so i guess they would technically qualify for me um yeah that's super prog rocky buddy oh, i know boy <laughs> i'm going to have to listen i would have to listen to that on my drive to new york and back this weekend um, what are the other what whoa, are the other boy.
1: options
2: option number 2 is Pierre Ubu, P-E-R-E-U-B-U. They're sort of an art punk, post-punk band from the 1970s, and they actually are still active-ish, as far as I'm aware. They've released plenty of records and are considered very influential in the post-punk scene. And I've only the- heard, I think I've heard Dub Housing, and that's the only album I think I've listened to of theirs. But they have plenty of other records. How many of them are on streaming services, I don't know. I think it depends on their publishing company at the time.
1: Uh, Is it it just those two?
2: Nope, I have a third one. And this one would be more in the rap vein, but slightly in a more industrial kind of weirder vein. Not Death Grips, because they would be disqualified for me immediately. Clipping. What are they? They are industrial hip-hop, a little bit of horrorcore on the most recent records, because they do like a horror movie sort of concept with the last two records they did. But they um, started out sort of more in the uh, noise-hop, industrial hip-hop sort of vein. So they're kind of on the weirder, more aggressive end of things, experimental. Damn.
0: These guys look serious, dude. Holy shit. and it's all lowercase with a period at the end that's yep. uh they ain't fucking around goddamn i mean i do like electronic stuff industrial stuff and i like rep. um
1: uh king king crimson is definitely the most notable by a country mile yeah. big time yeah um and uh i would maybe suggest that that be where we go out of those three, only because uh, we did just do Blowfly, who is notable in an influential way, but not necessarily uh, like a big name or whatever. Yeah, uh, that is fair. But, you know, I mean, we could go with
2: I figured Clipping on. would uh, be uh, sort the... of that, like Pierre Ubu and Clipping would sort of be in that same territory. Yeah.
0: In... Mm-hmm. Which is why it's just kind of like a... It has to be King Crimson out of those three, yeah. Unless you had any other ones that were. No,
2: those were the three that I was I was mostly wanting to check out if we did an episode of this. So, if King Crimson seems to be the popular option, then we can go with that one. Even if uh, even if Drew was like, <laughs> Ugh, about it.
0: Court of the Cream- Crimson King is fine and, like, uh, the other one with Level 5 on it. I like the song Level 5 off that album a lot as far as prog rock is concerned. Um, I just, I have not, I've listened to them in passing a lot, too, because I had a friend whose dad was, like, huge into prog rock and, like, a bunch of shit like that, so I mean, like, I've, I've definitely heard a lot of them, but it's just, like, not really, like, deep dives on albums and stuff but I'm familiar with them and they're very good they're very good like instrumentation wise
1: I think what's really interesting about them is that uh their, their first record came out in like 1969 yeah and their most recent record came out in like 2017 so like that's that's maybe the widest range artist in in terms of time that we've maybe ever covered
0: and I feel like, like is that like a
2: new record like new, new record, yeah. or is that like a yeah. reissue? King no, it's probably Cruz, a new yeah. record.
0: Uh, th- they were doing shit like even like mid to late two thousands as well. Uh, I know because like they had yeah. a more recent out uh, live DVD that came out with them. Like they're huge. Like for some reason, yeah. their following is massive. Like
2: according to Wikipedia, right. it looks like their last full length record was two thousand and three. So oh, that okay. might be a, that might be a reissue. Yeah, it was uh in court of Crimson King, to power to the power to believe was two thousand and three. Yeah,
1: that was their last real album, but but they've released live albums up until twenty eighteen. Yeah, uh, and they're pre- from performances in like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, things like that. So. um you know, it's not the same as producing music that whole time, but I think even having live albums of like new stuff there is is pretty
0: interesting.
2: Yeah, they have um, they have more live then... albums than studio albums it looks like. Literally, studio albums 13, live albums 15.
0: Yeah, they they go <laughs> right. they go hard live. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like King Crimson. I think I
0: think that's a fine one.
2: All right. So, King Crimson it shall be.
0: Not stoked on it. I'll let you know right now, but we'll fucking do it, man. We'll fucking maybe, do maybe it. Maybe it'll turn you. Maybe uh, King,
1: maybe King Crimson will uh, unlock something in you, Drew, and you'll just be a lover of progressive metal music from now on.
2: That that or toward the end of the week, you'll be like, "God damn it! I wish we did. Cl- I wish we did clipping."
0: No, I already wish we did clipping <laughs> right now. Actually, it's just Price said that that was, that was not an option because we did a more obscure one this week already.
2: So. Well, we'll save Clipping Uh, for another episode, but at least I know that one qualifies for everybody. Same with Pierre Ubu. Yeah.
1: Well, were you expecting for either one of us to be like, I fucking love Clipping.
2: I (laughs) figured Drew might have heard heard of Clipping. I figured neither of you would have known Pierre Ubu at all, but.
1: Thanks for joining us on this wonderful adventure. We'll be back next week with volume 14 king crimson uh please uh subscribe to the show tell your friends share it around music is better with friends as we always say on this show but for now and until then your favorite band is out there go and find them
0: What the fuck, man? Cut the song. Cut the outro music, you asshole. <laughs> you said we would talk about this at the end of the show, and you forgot. Tell them what's going on with the legendary band Sonic Libido right no, I, now.
2: I'm not I, even okay. part of the band, and I'm disappointed in you. Unbelievable. <laughs> so you know.
1: Hey, listen. I announced the thing. All right, uh online already. <laughs> the uh, the 17th of uh of July we're playing this big show in Portland, Maine at Urban Farm Fermentory um with some friends of ours who we've never gotten the opportunity to play with before. It's our first show back from the pandemic. Uh, as I said on the pre-show, uh 505 days it will have been since the last time we played. Uh, due to the pandemic uh, and so it's really exciting to come back urban fermentary is a great spot to do it in uh, and it's going to be a big party so if you're in portland maine check it out but i think what's more important is uh also to uh discuss drew's uh, upcoming dates this weekend here
0: oh man oh man oh man do i have a lot of shows coming up if you like house music with repetitive beats going over and over and over again ladies and gentlemen we've got Thursday, July 8th, at the brand new nightclub opening up called L- or, uh, Citrus. Uh, that is July 8th, Thursday night. Then July 9th, Friday night, if you're in the Portsmouth, New Hampshire area, come check out me and DJ Fatty. Over at fucking Press Room in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, starting at 9 p.m. that night. Then we've got fucking Saturday back in Portland, Maine, once again, at Urban Farm Fermentary for the Road to Elements with Cocktail Waiters and all kinds of other cocks. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, we've got <laughs> Wednesday, the 14th, my first night of my residency at the Flask for Thump Day. Come check that out. We've got the... Down with a Thickness, rescheduled for that night. So it will be me and Mariah, a.k.a. Stardust, and DJ TumbleDown. And uh, then we've got that July 17th show with the band Sonic Libido. And uh, holy shit, I totally forgot. This one hasn't even been announced yet. But July 24th of July, the 24th, Saturday night with <laughs> me and dj meach doing our first live in front of people version of the miami vice that we were doing for our live streams on twitch all fucking quarantine <laughs> it will finally be in a live setting we will be miami vice themed out everything is miami vice themed we'll have little fucking shrubs and whatever the fuck you have in miami uh alligators and <laughs> um bath salts it's gonna be a time make sure to be at that one too (laughs) if you can make it that's all of july i'm not gonna do august dates but holy shit guys portland's gonna be popping off this july be there for sonic libido and drewski's little dj thing with his sounds oh yeah now cue back the outro bryce boom baby
1: Lots lots of thumps. Lots of thumps going on in Portland over the next Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Thumpity dumpity daddy. Uh, uh, Alright, let's cut the
1: fuck out of here.